everyone, it's Rashad, and this is Wear Many Hats, presented by Jassar, where we talk about your main gig, then we talk about your side hustle. Brendan Cook is a star and a romantic. Yes, I'm taking it from his music moniker, Star Child, and the New Romantic. A multidisciplinary artist, actor, and music director, composing and recording music as Star Child and the New Romantic. Previously, creative work includes collaborations with Solange, Kelsey Liu, and Blood Orange, Guggenheim Museum, Sydney Opera House, and Hollywood Bowl. He has a live album performed at National Sawdust. I caught his set at MoMA PS1's warm-up for the first time with the Poetic Thrust homies that backed him up, blessed him with Jassar gear, and it was a great time to come run into him again. My previous studio mate, Hassan Rahim, blessed the art direction for the album cover for Language that released through one of my favorite labels, Ghostly International, including his previous album before that, Crucial, VHS, 1138 and his new record forever is off star child's label in new romantic world cooking and building living laughing and learning please welcome brendan cook of star child and the new romantic wow that was awesome <laughs> <laughs> i was like please don't fumble the bag <laughs> so what's going on with you how are you i'm doing okay uh not a mucho i'm chilling i'm in my home right now just uh this year is kind of blowing, blowing by. No, it's flying. Yeah. It's flying. It's trying to catch it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love running into you like all the time. I ran into you in bedside. And I caught you while you and a friend were eating at, I think it was like Mom Pop or Lucky House. Yeah, around there. That was crazy. It's like I always run into you like once every year. I was telling you how much I loved uh, what you did with the new album with the homie Nick Akeem and Tori Moy off of your new label. Amazing. Congrats. Thank you very much. Yeah, I like to walk around a lot. So I'm kind of have like Brooklyn mayoral status a little bit. <laughs> I didn't come up with that. Somebody else said it. So I'll just run with it. <laughs> I feel like I do run into you every year. Like previously also at Fox and Fun, you know, mm -hmm. stars just like us. I, it was just like, it was cool. Always like just catching up, seeing what you've been up to. Thanks, man. Yeah, you know, steady, just trying to do it, making music, seeing, working, trying to DJ, and you know, whatever, whatever I can do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I saw in your stories, like, like you said that you just be bopping around and walking. Yeah, like every day. Every day, every day. What is the wildest thing you've ever seen? I mean, today you've been taking photos of old cars. I saw oh, that. Yeah. I mean, like, right off the top of my head, I remember one time I was walking around in Manhattan and I saw Lester Holt. But uh, oh, maybe, maybe just Brooklyn-wise. I mean, you name it. I've seen all kinds <laughs> of crazy stuff. Yeah. I love to walk around with my film camera and just, like, take a bunch of photos of all the cars and stuff like that. But I see you also taking disposal of pictures such as that, like building black bedside. I used to live right next to sincerely Tommy shout out oh, to wow. Kai. Yeah. Crazy. And I didn't know you messed with the 35 millimeter pics like that, getting your Kodak back. No Kodak black. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Just like, I don't know. I'm always trying to keep myself entertained i think is the thing but i'm also quite like respectful of uh 
kind of staying in my own lane, if you will. So like, I wasn't trying to, I'm not trying to like rebrand or anything. <laughs> I, I mean, I've directed a lot of my own videos and I, you know, I like creative direct on my albums and stuff like that. So like taking photos isn't too much of a far step out, but you know, we'll see. Just having fun, man. You know how it is. Oh yeah. I mean, you're just always creative. You're on that creative grind. Trying, man. Like, I didn't always think I was like so creative when I was young. I just used to think I just, I like to like research stuff and like, you know, try stuff out. But I guess that is kind of just being creative. No, that, that really is. I mean, speaking of doing research, I actually read your new excerpt, that essay. Hey, nice. I'm glad. Yeah. I mean, that's research. Yeah, man. And that's like, that's kind of like, I know a lot of that stuff off the top of the dome. I mean, and it all, it is all like, uh, cited source specific stuff. Like it's either from like the, the word of mouth from those people mm -hmm. or the books I have, or yeah, I'm kind of like a music fan, musicologist first almost than anything. And then, you know, and then from there it was just easy yeah off. and i like to write so then yeah and then like i said it's like writing something that's not a song <laughs> still yeah did you ever want to get into music i mean as a kid did i ever want to get into music as a kid yeah i mean it seems like you've done it uh, you know to be honest the thing was like i come from a family where everyone can hold a tune like nobody had nobody like has bad pitch or anything like that like uh and everyone has rhythm so to me uh kind of averse to maybe the public consensus now which is nowadays everybody's kind of like try everything try this try that why not like do you i kind of came up out of the like this shit is so sacred not everybody should should be doing it nah. not everybody can even though they could not everybody should and um <laughs> i think that's facts still real and um i eventually allowed myself to to do it enough people outside of my family were like no you should you should be recording so um I, I, yeah i guess now it's kind of a confluence where it's like i do it now and i'm always trying to be like respectful of the craft and and then respectful of my gifts and i'm not trying to like it's a very serious thing <laughs> yeah no it really is and i mean yeah. I did peep your brother's stuff too. Your brother so rips. Yeah, he does. Crazy. He's so good. It's Yo, what? He's always been he's always been that good too. That's Damn. the thing. It's really scary, yeah. Damn. Yeah. <laughs> How far are you guys apart? I mean, like age We're like a year and a half. So there's like half the year where what? He's two years older than me and then um another part of the year uh where we're just a year apart. That's good. Yeah, because my brother, I'm also a musician as well. And my brother, he's not a musician anymore, but he started playing like clarinet first mm. and then got into sax. And oh, then wow. was like ripping on the sax. And then for me, I started off playing trumpet. Oh, and, nice. And then played guitar. But that's a little more similar to me. Oh, the trumpet and, and the guitar? Well, I was playing a B flat instrument too. I was, I, Tenor saxophone is my first instrument from oh, yeah. uh, 
fourth? No, fifth grade, all the way through high school, symphonic band, marching band, used to travel and play. Um, but somewhere along the line, like, especially around the time when Braxton started to take his saxophone journey, like, to like a professional level, even when we were in like middle school and high school, Braxton was like number one in the state. Damn. Like oh yeah, no, it's, it's number middle. one. I kind of started to drift more into like the rhythm section places. Like I picked up a guitar when I was like 10 or 11 and started teaching myself that. And we always had a piano around because my mom was like, you know, she was, Damn, the, she, the, she was the MD of her church since she was a kid. Her and my uncle Daryl, her, her late brother, were like, you know, prodigies with this. So we always have had a piano in the house. We could always honk out a tune. But I just kind of started to like teach myself my favorite songs on these instruments and kind of. But the thing about the saxophone was always kind of a labor of love because I like even now, if I think about it, like I used to hate having a reed in my mouth. Like, mm -hmm having to constantly deal with your saliva and some wood Dude, is worse. like weird. Oh, like, <laughs> like I hate styrofoam. Like there's these things I just can't stand. And it was like a little bit of torture. So then eventually I think when I got older, I was like, I don't have to do this. Uh, <laughs> I mean, I still have, uh, I still have my first sax and I still play like, uh, not this last album, but the language album, I did like a couple sax parts here and there just to say I could and nice. still do it. But like, yeah, it's definitely not my first instrument anymore. Well, you definitely st struck a chord with my nerve only because of the fact that I did play in the marching band as well. Yo, I was the guy that always showed up late though. I, and like my guy, my guy was like, and there goes Rashad walking in. Why were you late? Where were you coming from? Probably like tennis. I was, I was uh, also playing a sport and in the marching band as well but i like never gave up on that i like kept playing the marching band even though it was like yo i i was terrible at trumpet <laughs> oh for real i hear you though i was doing i was juggling multiple extracurriculars it was like marching band uh marching band did the plays i was on like forensics student council and what was the other thing? Oh yeah, and I was on the newspaper all through high school as like a staff writer or associate editor. So when it was like print week, you had to be, you know, there. So I was always like, I know what you mean, like in the studio, showing up late and stuff like that. But I have a very like, it's, it has still helped. I think into like performing today or like music directing today. I can like uh, sometimes remember a bunch of things at the same time. And, and marching band was kind of good for that because I could like visualize it. And sometimes I it got to the point where like my music direct, my music teacher was like, okay with me missing a couple rehearsals before the game because he knew that if I got the rundown of like the, sh the halftime show or whatever the formations were, mm -hmm. and I knew where I was supposed to be, I it was like nothing. I have a quick, I have a quick study, a quick study. Wow, you just jumped right in. Yo, did you, uh... What were the songs, the marching band songs at the we time? We used to I guess play, of course, like the OJ's Backstabbers. A weird <laughs> one we used to play was Paula Abdul, Cold Hearted. <laughs> and, and, and Mr. Jones loved that shit. He would go, Cold Hearted! It was like, <laughs> God damn. And nobody knew that song. But um, we also used to play like uh, Cameo, like Word Up. I think maybe once we learned... I think maybe once we convinced Mr. Jones to, to let us do the beginning of Earth, Wind & Fire in the Stone. Oh, hell yeah. 
but then like we also played a lot of like you know just like filler stuff like we will rock you <laughs> yeah <laughs> all the stadium classics yeah and then we would like go to competitions at morgan state and get like our asses kicked and we would, like, <laughs> I gotta ask, are there any instruments you can't play? Yeah, yeah. Like, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, like, I, like, I can't, I don't, I don't know anything uh, about, uh, like, violin, viola. I mean, when I, I know about, like, how to, like, write and arrange those things, I understand them. But I don't have any proficiency playing violin, viola, cello, no. or double bass. I actually was like doing a gig with uh, with Malik, who's longtime tenured member of the band, and Malik's bass player, and he had his upright bass at the gig, and I was just effing around. I was like, I was like, this is insane. <laughs> but I mean, I like, yeah, I mean, oh, you know what? You know what? I like wish I could like really 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 play the organ like really play the organ like not just like <laughs> I mean you know but like, like halfway there though yeah but it's like with the foot with the oh yeah people who can really play and do the foot pedals and all of the um the like the drawer stuff where you're pulling out the like valves and at the same time it's like conducting an orchestra by yourself it's insane yeah speaking of orchestra have you ever had a crazy live band performance within your band crazy in a good way or crazy like in a all types of crazy i mean because you you've played in countless of countless of acts with a crazy orchestra. Oh, oh, I see what you're saying. I thought you were talking about like new romantic shows and stuff. Um, yeah, even new romantic shows. I, I mean, okay, I'll try. So, uh, okay, I'll just do like a bunch of stuff. Um, <laughs> I have in the early days playing with Solange, like when it was still like the Losing You tour, the mm -hmm. True tour. Um, I remember like three shows, like doing just these, like just having like rookie mistakes. Um, one, I remember when we opened for MIA at Webster Hall. Damn. <laughs> right before we started, I didn't have a guitar pick. And, I, and like, we were behind the curtain. I was like, I was like, who got a pick? Who got a plectrum? And like, like five, like grown ass men, twice my age, running around, like, right as the curtains are coming, like, so my whole hands me like two. I'm like, <laughs> there was that. I remember playing um, Bonnaroo, and it was like, a hundred and four it was like just too hot and uh i was still in college and one of my not even my friend just another guy who went to school with me was there and uh you know might have partaken in some herbal herbal remedies for stress and um <laughs> this was also when i was really learning like how a how guitar pedal boards work because like this is the thing I've been playing guitar for a very long time, but mm -hmm. I am like, I, I kind of am okay with this. I'm not like a guitar geek at all. No, I fall no, into a conversation with no. like an older person or maybe, or someone about guitars and they'll be talking about models and years. No. And it's like, 
Do it sound good? Do it look good? Like, all right. So I had a bunch of boss pedals that I didn't really power correctly. And they were, because of the heat as well, were just dying mm -hmm. throughout the show. And my chain was like falling apart. So if there's video of me playing Bonnaroo, I'm like <laughs> playing and going down and like going like this. And at the end of the show, my front of house guy was like, the hell was going on with you? <laughs> guitar. Another time we did FYF, I remember I like put on way too much hand lotion right before I played. And I no. Was, I was like, what is this? <laughs> um, another memory, a Solange memory was when we, years, years later, when we started doing like the seat of the table tour, we started doing like the theater runs and we did like the three nights at Radio City Music Hall. We got to a place where like, it was a really free show very cool and at the end like we would all run around like improvise and stuff as solange and uh either the two or three backup singers would do these like choreographed jumps we would we change time signatures like every so and so and charles and i the bass player we would <laughs> we would we will always like the last like 32 counts like run around the entire perimeter of like wherever we were and then run up something and run down and like land on the one. I, <laughs> and I think it happened twice in two different states. Oh, oh yeah. It happened once in Radio City and then it also happened in DC. I would run around the stage, right? And when I would come around the corner, I'll never forget Radio City. There was carpet too. I like caught something and like flew up like this. Like I'm playing guitar, my legs are up this way, and I'm like, "Oh my god, I'm about to do <laughs> shit!" And I like turn in the air, and I, I still have a scar. I still have a scar on one. I can't remember which elbow. By eight, big shit, and like rolled out of it. And like afterwards, I was telling my friends, "Like, did you see me at the end eat shit?" And people were like, "Oh my god!" They're like, "No, I thought that was like you hit like a flip, like you hit a roll, and you were still playing on your knees." I was like. Damn, but only like one one friend, the drummer John Key was like, no, I, t I could tell you didn't play it. Like I could tell oh. you got broke. <laughs> like you got broke. Um, there's that. I've also, I remember I played a Star Child show at Transpicos and uh, I used to do this thing like we would, and this was back when Languages was out and we mm. would end the show with like mood or something like that. Real dramatic dance break. And I, at that point, if it was a certain show, I would jump off the stage into a split and then like dance to the aisle and come back, did all that, was eaten. And then when I tried to get back <laughs> up on stage, I jumped up and like got clipped. Oh, I hate that. Wow. Damn. And I was like, fuck. And everybody was like, that's ah, all right. We saw it, but mm, it's okay. Yo, so I, I've eaten hometown. Yeah. 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 Shout out Trans Picos. That that place is magical. I love that place. They still they still live. They're still rocking. So good. Shout out Ridgewood. Don't know why my friend Cam loves Ridgewood so much, but shout out Ridgewood. That's funny. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the salon store must have been wild for you. Was that like your big Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, I was actually kind of thinking about it yesterday. I'm like it's it, it's definitely a, a huge highlight of my life getting to see the world twice over three times over um Bessie. With, with, yeah with one of my favorite artists and honestly one of like closer people to me that i really respect and admire um just you know who respects and admires the same kind of like 
tradition of black music and pop music and you know the legacy and lineage that that entails um that you put into every rehearsal every performance so i was very like lucky and grateful to fall into such a safe space either either with Solange or with Devante or like Patrick Wimberly from Chairlift to us to this day is like you know my chairlift. Uncle, big brother guy yeah yeah I wasn't even gonna dive into chairlift because oh, I yes, mean, like... <laughs> I'm not a chairlift fan but you know okay. yeah homegirl Caroline she's killing it I mean I didn't even know they had a backing band you're like straight up OG. well chairlift. technically it was like the backing band for chairlift was either myself or uh joey joey postleon who's like an, also an amazing multi-instrumentalist and a uh modular synth enthusiast so joey and i would kind of tandem being what they call like auxiliary players or like utility mm. players which is kind of like where i come from it's like you can play a bunch of instruments and sing or something so you just so for the chairlift tour i was playing drums i was playing bass i was playing guitar i was playing a, a mallet cat which is like a midi xylophone type thing and singing a bunch and but so you know technically yeah i played played and toured with chairlift never toured with blood orange but uh was in the first band in like incarnation like did pitchfork music fest with dev singing back up and then i've been on like all the albums except for the first two. <laughs> uh, and so I did that. And then I've also toured with Kindness for two tours and been on- Shout out Adam. Yeah, been on the most previous album. And then of course Solange for six years. So it's been primarily those four groups um, and then my own thing. And then, you know, I, I've, I've done some one-off things like I'm, I'm, and a lot of people don't know it, but I'm in the Leon Bridges uh, Good Bad News video as his guitarist. Like, I did a, uh, <laughs> I once did like a Clinton Global Fund, like, gig <laughs> as Nelly Furtado's guitarist. Like, you know, I just get the call and go. And so, even more recently, Malik and I got pulled in to do a Joey Badass gig, you know? So, there's always just that flux of like, I have my project, I could be a hired hand, mm -hmm. and then, you know, a musician's a musician, man. It's like uh, Roberto uh, Lang, Roberto Carlos Lang, Gelato uh, Negro. He always says like, I could give him a million compliments and he'll just tell me like, he's like, he's like, I'm a worker. He's just like, I gotta, I'm like anybody else. I just, I wake up and go to work. And I'm like, that's it, you know? Like, yeah. so wherever I can get it, you know? I'm, 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 but you're a trusted man in music. I mean, that is what's amazing about you. you shit, hopefully, I don't know. <laughs> Like you were on Kindness's last album, phenomenal. Yo, thank you. Yeah, that was cool. Like you know, it's really nice. You just kind of go in, and uh, Adam played. Adam just started running down songs, and I forgot how many of them I was on. I was like going through the tour, and we were playing like "Who You Give Your Heart To" with Alexandria on there, and I was like, I was like, wait, like, <laughs> I was like, these kind of parts feel real familiar. Like, yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, okay. Oh. <laughs> and you know, with Dev, you were also in the Telfar thing back in the day with the band. What, what, I don't know, twenty eighteen. But like the whole <laughs> that performance was crazy. Dev, was Isaiah, Kelsey, Lou, Kalela, all were that there? stage. 
I wish I was there. I just saw it like you were on there. Frozen yeah, I was like also kind of like I wasn't music directing it, but it was like a Devante and Ian technically were, but I think I was the like the first person they called to like round out that the musical trio because then everybody else like came in singing, like just dedicated singing, but they needed like you know. It's either going to be a bass or a drum, you know, or something. So I was like, all right, let's get it. But all and I love all of them. Oh, my God. Like, I, I love know. Telfar, Mr. Cle Mr. Clemens. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but everybody on that are, like, really good friends. Like, Oyinde, yeah, Kelsey mm -hmm. Liu, and even Adonis. To this day, we talk, like, good people. Alvin Mason. Damn. So, since you collaborated with all of them, too, as well, and you've also been on record with Wet, who would you want to collaborate with next? Oh. I mean, people are hitting you up, but like. Are they? Mm. I mean, I feel like they are. And no. I don't know, for Wait. your next record or anything, who Wait. would. Wait, when you say you feel, that doesn't make sense because you would have to know. Like, you have to be linked to my email account to know that. You, I guess you're saying. So like, I linked into your, I, I locked in your email account and. Uh, no, but just. I like, know the vibe. I'm just trying to, I'm just trying to unpack this because it's like you would you would assume so or you would hope so is kind of where that's coming from right definitely mm, not always the case mm -mm. <laughs> i'd love to see what's good i mean but to answer your question um honestly honestly the shit i wanted was like ugh. i sent a song. yeah what do you want what do you want like, Ma like, like maxwell like i want maxwell damn like, like, i want like maxwell I just want like one OG, just like, that's it. Like I want, no, this stuff, like I want like George Clinton talking or like Sly Stone, like folk were just still alive. Like I'm, you know, I don't, cause that's even the thing with forever. Like, you know, the homies. Or I just don't even like think about like features or even in the ways that people might strategize with features and stuff mm -hmm. and releases and rollouts. Like, I don't operate that way. Like I'm so self-contained with so much stuff um, that usually it's me like being asked to go help out something. And even if it's not a feature thing, it's like, um, so I actually was a bit of a concerted effort with forever to kind of at least like demonstrate, well, if I were to do, you know, a, like a posse album, posse cut and like a feature album, like this is what it would be like. And uh, yeah, it's like I did it, and I don't know. There may or may not be nobody else on the next album. I don't know. That's why. I mean, I was recently listening to Crucial, one of your first mm. records. Mm. Phenomenal, totally di different direction from Forever. And Crucial was like, damn, like I was putting that shit on repeat. And then, damn, thank like, you. And Forever, Forever is great, but it's completely different. It's like this R and B, like not from the whole chill wave type of situation, but it's like definitely different from the ghostly era. Yeah, for sure. Definitely. How do you feel about your new record? The Forever album? What album? Yeah. Good, I really like it. I think, you know, it's like every album, every record I'm trying to make something, if not better, like than the one before, then at least just making sure I'm like saying something new or saying something Maybe I've said before, but just differently with a little mm -hmm. more perspective or like with, even with like the VHS project, like that was like, 
just trying to blow some space up for myself a bit like just kind of <laughs> go just rewind before i could put forever out because i kind of actually recorded them at the same time mm-hmm. and at first they were all going to be kind of on one record it was going to be just like a lot and then i started to separate stuff and even tape tape was originally going to be on vhs 1138 mm-hmm. it's called tape it was going to be like really conceptual thing but then it got to the point where i was like (laughs) (laughs) i mean i love like my favorite track off your new record forever besides all of it is hand to hand and it's like it's got that pop sensibility and it's got that leon bridges like feel it's got you know hand to hand has a leon bridges feel it feels like i mean in in leon bridges like pop stage i'm not familiar with leon's pop stage is that you gotta send me links he's got i mean that I like okay so you got blue legs you got Leon blue legs that'd <laughs> <laughs> be something I'll know. <laughs> it's it's because like Leon's first record completely different from his second record. His second record is like I feel like it's got this moving like pop type of situation. Hand to hand that single, it's it's definitely different from I I feel like. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. For I, sure. I mean, I get excited when you play it. I mean, I caught your elsewhere virtual I, sound space trippy experience. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, very trippy, very trippy. <laughs> yeah. And that that was that was that was the track that I like. I love that. And then you know you performed for Playground Radio's Playground U series for a long black tomorrow. I um, did. Dude, so good. Playground Coffee Shop, another neighborhood staple. Shout out Zanette. Like, yeah, shout out the whole Begum family holding it down. Holding it down. Yo, you're ready to start playing some live shows. I mean, you already just did hey, with Kelsey. I'm, yeah, I'm like, I am, but I am not. I am interested in doing some things that like, I talked about this yesterday. I did like a little, like, uh, not little, it was like a little lecture. I skipping, like, little. I did a leg- lecture for a PLA <laughs> class yesterday. And I was taught, this question kind of came up in one way or another. And I was like, well, there used to be a time when, like, me and the band, I mean, we've been playing since we were in college together, as so we met. Like, we would do a show a week, didn't matter where, didn't matter how much, like, didn't matter, you know, blah, blah. Now it's like, you try to make some money. It's not even that. Just it needs just worthwhile, really, on all mm. fronts, you know. So yeah, I'm actually not coming out of this pandemic like foaming at the mouth to to go perform. Because uh, I don't even like to be honest. I don't like I don't like performing outside. Like oh, really? way too many variables. And nine times out of ten, when people wanna want you to. Do 30 minutes, like something outside? Yeah. The PA or something that's not going to work. It just doesn't. It's always like a setup. I say that, but I'm sure a lot of people know what I mean. Yeah, yeah. Um, and the phone- oh, yeah, There's always something going off wrong. I mean, my good friend Zane from Humisha, he did an outdoor show and they forgot his amp. Bro, come on. <laughs> I mean, the list. So there's a lot of things like that, that like, are just kind of important now so uh we'll see there will be things and when they when they happen they will be appropriate definitely definitely and but you're also djing oh yeah I love some DJing. stuff 
oh my god it's like a life lifelong dream i think i wanted to probably even be a dj before i wanted to be a recording artist like no way oh yeah i mean look like we grew up in dc in maryland prince george's county wpgc like donnie simpson you know quiet storm even like tom we, we got tom joiner that was cool sometimes mm-hmm. in the morning before he got really problematic um <laughs> But really, like, Donnie Simpson is somebody who, like, kind of changed a lot of people's lives where I'm from or the places that got his radio station. Um, and then just, like, I used to really be into, like, Jazzy Jeff. I used to be into really? all, like, so even though I'm not, like, great at scratching, there's things like I got, I've got good needle drops and I can do uh, uh, relays and stuff. Uh, I think that's what it's called. Mm. <laughs> But like just things like that, like I don't know anything about Serato, but I taught I taught myself how to DJ vinyl exclusively, and I do CDJs now. But that's been I've been doing that now at least like six years or so or more. You're all about the DJ culture, life. Pop some good drugs and oh no, <laughs> no, my God, no, not that. I'm not. No, I actually do sets pretty sober, like to be honest. So oh. Like, I've I've also been like really into records and I've been buying and collecting records since I was 15, 16, and I've carried them with me through many states. And I think that we're just holding up Frank Ocean's endless. You Aretha Franklin's uh, greatest hits was just this one's just like a classic. She's at China Chalet. I'm joking. Ah! <laughs> um, R.I.P. R.I.P. But um, you know, like that's kind of what started it is like you know I, I just love like i said before like music history and uh, being a music fan and always kind of wanting to ingratiate myself with like the building blocks of the things that i like because uh i could never make a song for a playlist no. that's insane but that's what's crazy about forever is like mad songs got playlisted and I guess that's a good thing. That's a great thing. Apparently, that's what everybody loves to showcase now. The showcase was that. Like when their songs get on a playlist, like whether it's like Spotify or Apple Music, it's like, oh, someone's out there like listening to my tracks. Let me add it to like a bunch of other musicians that I like too as well. Wow. But yeah, it's good. Yo, going back to what you said about like performing outside. I mean, when I caught your set at warm up, I just wanted to say oh, I loved wow. your warm up performance. Wow. Your dance moves are amazing. I mean, you went in. I was like a fever dream. Thank it you. was a fever dream. I was really happy to do that. It was also really hot. I remember like before I went, I like did not want to go. I was like having like I don't say like a panic attack, but I was just like really. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's also the thing about being selective about the shows. You can go from like months of kind of like not doing shows, and then you have like one big one, and you're just like, ah. Warm up is a big one for sure. Oh, it was massive. Oh my god. So yeah, what you saw was like I basically could. That's what the shows are. Though, like we rehearse a bunch, and then we go there and we chop our heads off. And like, for some people, it's really intense because people aren't used to like motherfuckers making like direct eye contact with you, and like, <laughs> or people just like really singing, or like you said, like really dancing. Like, yeah, I don't. It, when it's time to do it, I just don't. I don't play. I don't. I can't. And I also don't understand how other people do. 
So, I mean, that's just me. <laughs> I mean, you brought it all out. The dance thank moves, you, like, you. thrust, like, backing up. Like, everyone's got a great vibe that moves around with you. It's crazy that I feel like anyone that performs that warm-up, it's, like, like a gateway into getting a record label or something like, or record labels like look at you. I mean, those are amazing concerts to play at, I guess that gets labels to recognize you. But I mean, you've been through the circuit already. Yeah, I guess so. I also like, don't, <laughs> I mean, it, it's one of those things that changes every era, but even quicker now, like I have, Oh yeah, do you don't even need to be on a label. I don't even know what they do anymore. Like, I'm so, like, I'm constantly confused. Like, I have no clue. You know what I'm saying? All I know is, like, the songs I make and if I like them and if they move me. And then everything else, I'm just like, oh, word? Like, what? Like, <laughs> like this? Like, oh, it's like that? Like, oh. And I feel like whoever does, like, a, a live album or anything at National Sawdust, I'm like, yo, this is, like, this is amazing you know i mean great space someone was telling me that okay kaya played there or whatever and i mean i'm not a fan but really dude i don't know i don't know it's that's just me it's just me but i'm just saying that like anyone that plays a national sawdust yo fire yeah definitely it's great space to play i mean that's like definitely like like a point in your career that's just like and I didn't even know people oh, still did live albums. That's awesome. I mean, hey, man, honestly, it was like uh, summer night, June 20, damn, 16. And I had been practicing for that set. Well, I got put, it was, I was put on a bill, actually. Like, I played second that night. And um, I practiced piano, like, like, diligently, like, every day, scales and everything for, like, three months leading up to it. And when I got there, like, I didn't know. Well, they told me, like, yeah, we have a piano, we tune in. I was like, oh, that's great. That's a luxury. When I got there, I didn't, I was also surprised to learn about how, like, developed their recording system is at National Sawdust. Mm -hmm. Like, they're like, yeah, we have the board mix and everything and, like, uh, the cameras and everything. And it was like, basically, you just buy it off of them. And I was like, oh, for real? <laughs> <laughs> and I like listen back because I was like I I knew I was like I hardly made any mistakes that night. <laughs> so I bought all of that and owned it and then I like let Ghostly know. I was like just so you know like I have all the uh stuff from that night. And I put the video up and everything. And then later on they were like, "Oh, let's like put it on Spotify. Let's like master it." And I was like, "Cool." So it's just like, man, it's like anything else. Like, I'm just constantly trying to, like, really keep myself, like, entertained. And, you know, and then stuff comes of it. And I'm, like, very happy about that. I'm like, That's no, cool. definitely. I'm glad that you dug it, you know. You mentioned about, like, if this is even being an actor, but, like, people are hiring you as, like, stand-ins for, like, playing in TV shows. Like, yeah. my friend Cam worked on The Godfather of Harlem, and you were in the band on that show? Like Yeah, for, like, a lot of it, too, with Kelvin Harrison. Yeah, I was in Kelvin Harrison's band. It's insane. It's cool. Yeah, I mean, it's all part of it. Like, yeah, it's like, you know, some of the stuff you get to do a little more screen work, a little more like behavioral stuff, like get mm -hmm. to be in the scene. That's great. Like it's a real, a lot of people don't know this. I don't think 
common knowledge about how TV and film works and how unions work. I think in yeah. general, people don't know how unions work, period. It's Definitely. all unionized and it's very, very specific, like hours, duties. Like even when we were shooting under COVID stuff, like when you do a musical under COVID, it was like, no, you literally, the, the X amount of other people in the room can't hum because there's one person is medically allowed to, to sing and aspirate. That's wild. And it's and then that stuff is becomes unionized because it's all like procedures and adherences and guidelines and safety. And then that's also money because you get fined for stuff, right? Yeah, exactly. So people don't know like to say a word or say a line it, in in TV or film is a union thing. You you are then to be on the SAG, the Screen Actors Guild, you don't even just you have to become SAG eligible. There's like mm -hmm. a whole uh, limbo before you get to heaven and then when you get to heaven <laughs> you have to pay dues monthly yep. to maintain your place in it and maintain the insurance which they can take away which happened over the uh, over covid to a lot of my friends who were in sag so it's like the and another way it's like the same journey a lot of actors go through like coming out of acting schools like how do you get in yeah changes every era every year and it's like i just have faith that you know, it'll come along. Um, it'll just continue to come along and, you know. Did you ever think you'd be an actor and as like a musical actor? Uh, yeah, that's kind of how I got into singing and stuff was like musical theater. That's kind of how I got into acting was musical theater. It was like, I, I, I like singing and, and then uh, wanted to perform. And it's like, oh, to do musicals, you have to act too. And like, I've always liked movies growing up and like, impersonations and impressions and things like that so yeah i mean i guess in a way i guess in a way i mean joey badass transitions too yeah i auditioned to take his role in wu-tang no way i'm too short to play inspector deck and when when joey and i finally met i was like oh yeah i was like he's so <laughs> tall he's so tall i was like mm. i fucked it up but it's like i went out to for uh an audition for played Jermaine Dupree in Wu Tang, and like, but they cut the character out of it, the, the episode. But I just yeah. found that out today. Like, it's constantly like, Changing. a thing, you know. That's the nature of the business. So <laughs> going back to Joey, is he about to put out a new record? A new oh, I have no clue. Oh, I have no clue. It was, I mean, this thing we did was just it was just like a one-off thing. Oh. From what I can tell, I don't know what's next. But it was cool. Joey and the new romantic. <laughs> That'd be cool. Brendan, your fits are so fire. You're about Why that tell yo, you're you're about that tell Feezy. You rock the bag so well. I mean you're featured in Suited Magazine, like just crazy. Like the homie Jess Wells, like when she was like styling for there and like yeah, I you're just fashion icon. Oh, that's sweet. I mean, you know, I, I'm like one of the, uh, I was like, I ain't trying to take a lot of credit for it, but <laughs> back in, back where I'm from in Maryland, like, well, I'm from Prince George's County, DC. And then we moved to Atlanta for six, seven years. But then we moved back for like high school was Montgomery County. And there was maybe a handful of us that were like finding in like hitting the thrift stores like hitting them it's like 
it's it's so passe now but mm-hmm. back then it was like because everybody in school was dressing like wearing nike boots mm-hmm. hugo boss levi's straight to fits like polo button up sobiados uh all that kind of stuff i wasn't into it but I, we were going to thrift stores and he was buying corduroy paisley corduroy all that like just real different and i carry that into new york and like i don't know yeah i just i've always been into it and even did some fashion stuff this year uh did adam put me on the i always pronounce this wrong loway loeve damn that's embarrassing (laughs) did did a little bit of that and then uh even shot a zara men's campaign that uh, i think just became like an internal campaign but like but at least that's internal yeah, I mean, <laughs> I, I'm unrepped. That's also I'm, I'm not repped in, in in modeling either. That not by choice, but you know. Wow. I try. Not even represented. That's right. Because it's like the thing is, is like, and I, and I was talking this about to another friend who doesn't have a rep. It's like it's not that you're like dying for like attention or something, but it's like for folk like me, me who are fortunate enough to get work like that. Imagine how much more you would have to like opportunities you would have to even be denied if you were being sent out for stuff like all this stuff, like um, the Telfar, ASOS, BT, Dolce & Gabbana, Zara, uh, Loewe, uh, there's a couple other more. There's like, oh, Marc Jacobs. Um, mm. Damn, you got a whole list. All that stuff. Like I didn't have an agent. People either, no rap. like they hit me up directly, or maybe somebody who was on who was the director of it or the photographer of it chose me. You know, but it's like I've walked for stuff. And it's like I would love to do more of that. Um, the same way with like acting or with musical collabs and stuff like that. But you know, we do what we can. Yeah, despite, we do what we can. Despite, despite and still. Oh, man. What's going to happen? Yo, hats off to you on all these things that you do for some okay. wear hats to SAR solutions. Would you ever make space music? I honestly thought your VHS 1138 record was you in a NASA space outfit. I mean, basically, when you say space music, what do you mean? I don't know. I guess... Like, are you there could about, be many, you know, like some... Are you talking about that shit that, like, Pharrell did where it's like, they, they made a song and like put it in a time capsule and shot it into space. He really did that. Yeah. That's <laughs> why it, it was all like for an ad for like a drink or like a perfume or something like that. They were like, I don't know who came up with the campaign. But That's like, insane. Yeah. Um, well, as in like people are you know, going to space like every day now and they need some like good ass tunes to like play. Like, I think of beach house music, like there are like later stuff as like good space music, but like there's many. Ah, I'm trying to put your listeners on to some. Sh- if you look, this this is this is some space music right here. This guy's space out. Um, do you know who Johnny Guitar Watson is? No, who's that? Johnny Guitar Watson was like a career guitar player, clearly, and a, and a singer who um, 
you know, he played in the 50s and 60s, but then had like a huge success in his later years in the 70s. Uh, Johnny Tar Watson had a, a music director, keyboardist, key, keyboard player who, who had a side project uh, called Mandre. Have you heard of Mandre before? No, you're putting no. me on as some new music. Now, when I show you Man Mandre, can you see that? Who, what does that look like to you? I mean, some Daft Punk. It, there we go. If there were yeah. two of them, right? This is 1977. Oh, wow. And Mandre was a black guy who was music directing for like a R&B funk artist and was making like fusion electronic dance music like this is the second one m3000 just the whole mandrake catalog is like space music is oh, amazing so i wouldn't make it i would just say play mandrake or maybe some peter gabriel <laughs> or peter gabriel that's amazing yeah so good if you were to get a chest tattoo quote in old English, what would it be? Oh, here it is. Oh, wow. In old English. That's a little different. <laughs> <laughs> um, this is so funny because like, I really actually loathe, like, this is so sad too because I know I have friends who have chest tattoos. <laughs> I personally, like, I think I sent a text to my best friends where I'm like, thank God none of y'all, like, got like a huge, like, eagle, like, Thing crazy if i got a chest tattoo though it would be like i would either go big and do like the, like like a thug life situation like i'd really have to snap in my head or something kind of like simple here and maybe um thug life is perfect yeah or it might say something like free world <laughs> not free town sound no or also um just the word yes. Yes. Perfect. Tell about that. How about you though? Has anyone asked you that? People have asked me. I've gotten answers like they would get my name tatted on them. So I he was like, okay. Yeah, I just want Mariah all the way across <laughs> my traps. I want comic relief three this. this I, I would like I was about to say comic relief three. <laughs> Perfect with the vintage fits. Thank you. Amazing. Thank you, Brendan, for coming on. Where many hats. It's great to have you. Sorry, I was late. No, you were you were just you know in the shower getting fresh. I love it when our guests are fresh. Smell a vision. <laughs> Come on, Elon. Where's smell a vision? Where's it at? Where's it at? Two things I want: flying cars and smell a vision. <laughs> Yo, plug your socials. Where can people find you? Oh, cool. So it's pretty easy. It's this is Brendan on Twitter. This is Starchild on Instagram. And then there's also New Romantic World on IG. I wish we could just consolidate these and I could just consolidate my followers and crack that 10K. But <laughs> here we are. You're almost there. But follow New Romantic World. It may it may change into kind of a merch store, fan club. The PO box is coming. You know. Oh yeah, and well, we got we got cassettes. Not only do we have cassettes for sale, but we got records for sale. All the records, the first three, and uh, 
Oh yeah, and I will definitely get you out the bizarre commercial type black raglan t-shirt. Oh wow! That's Whenever I so see you, sir. Thank you. Oh so fly! And the photo of homegirl wearing it was a big seller. Big seller there. I want you in the next uh, campaign so oh, bad. Yeah. Hell yeah! Hope you a blessing. So good. Yeah. I feel like I've been saying blessing a lot on this episode and I'm not even religious, but <laughs> let's go. <laughs> well, you know, we live in a very like, you know, Judeo-Christian kind of like the same way. Like I like to talk to my friends who have left hand, who are left-handed. I like to just like ask them, like, tell me how hard your life has been. Like, <laughs> and the way they'll open up, like, you have no idea that like everything's made for y'all. It's like, <laughs> like, if people understood how much like Catholicism is in like everything, everything, oh, hey, bro, like it's okay to say blessing. <laughs> we reclaim it now. Non-denominate, non-denominational blessings for everyone. And there you have it. Till next time. This is Wear Many Hats presented by Dasar, and I'm Rashad. Peace. Peace.